Hey there. Welcome to 7th Heaven, a lesbian recap. I'm Lindsay, and I'm joined by my co-host and real-life partner, Carling. We're diving into the 90s hit drama through today's lens. Get ready for our off-the-cuff commentary and peeling back the layers of the Camden family. We'll tackle everything from family rules, life lessons, and 90s fashion. Join us every week for a light-hearted queer perspective and a trip down memory lane. Whether you're a die-hard fan or new to the show, this recap is for you. So find us anywhere you get your podcasts at 7th Heaven, a lesbian recap. Hi there, Carling here. Whether this is your first episode of this podcast you're listening to, or you're working backwards from the more recent ones, these earliest episodes require a bit of patience, humor, and understanding. These episodes are a time machine back to when I had no idea what I was doing in editing, sound quality, or production. And there were two hosts. We were full of passion, laughter, and a whole lot of trial and error. But here's the thing. These episodes are the essence of my humble beginnings, and I'm hoping that's part of the charm. The raw authenticity that shaped the foundation of this podcast. Although this podcast has evolved and my interview skills and audio quality have vastly improved, the heart and soul of these episodes remain timeless. The stories I shared back then, they still hold significance and are worth hearing. These episodes make me appreciate how far I've come. So thank you in advance for your patience and enjoy. I'm gay. You're like, you know that, right? And she was like, yep. And then um, and then she paused and then she said, well, then why did you marry Papa? Hey, Michelle. Hey, Carling. Hello. I was going to say happy Wednesday, but it doesn't really matter when, what day it it's is. It's not Wednesday. Oh, <laughs> it's it also not Thursday. the 19th. <laughs> it is, oh, Lord, you guys, I thought we were rushing because we had two interviews set up today and I was like freaking out about it. It's not till next week. Yeah. We have one interview today, which you're about to listen to. We have two next week. Two next week. Um, How are you, Michelle? I'm okay. We have no children today. I know. We're spoiled. I know. It's exciting. We're going to do some back to school shopping. Yes. And I'm feeling like, so I had a job interview. Oh, yeah. It was just a phone interview, like step one. I think they're shortlisting people to do in-person interviews. But I am feeling excited about it. It went really well. I mean, it was just like, you know, tell me about your, I don't know, greatest account. I don't know. It was just like a standard interview. But I think I did really good. Um, That is awesome. And then I immediately went and updated my LinkedIn because now what I've been told from this career coach is that you need to have your branding statement. So what is your branding statement? Well, everybody go check out LinkedIn. Okay. No. <laughs> <laughs> okay, okay. Um, I just, I don't know. I just like talked about myself like in more of like a personality way. Like right, I wasn't right. just like proficient at Microsoft Word. At Like <laughs> I was more like it, it. they're saying that LinkedIn is more an opportunity to like show your personality and how you right. talk. Right. Um, so I said, my strengths include the ability to bring people together, evoke collective enthusiasm, and drive initiative. Girl. I know. I'd hire you right now. I said, <laughs> I said <laughs> I'm a self-proclaimed nerd when it comes to my love of customer service, events, and community. Anyway, so That's really I mean, good. I said, yeah. So I like worked on that. And now I just have to hope that the hiring manager like 
go. So hiring manager, if you're listening, <laughs> go look at it because I got some reviews. I got some of my old colleagues to send oh, me perfect. reviews. Perfect. I, um, so when I went back to work after, uh, losing Anthony, so I worked for the same company for eight yeah. years and then I was off for, you know, eight years yeah. having a kajillion children. Um, so then going back, everything is different. Like it used to be in-person interviews. I used to interview and hire people. Yeah. Um, and now everything is online. Yeah. Like everything. I you remember know? you had to like record a video of yourself. Yeah. yeah. Had, like they ask you the questions, then you have to record yourself answering it. I, it was like the most ridiculous thing. I probably re-recorded the questions like 50 times. Cause That's I would so like funny. say, um, too many times or I would touch my face during yeah. it. And I'm like, oh my God. But then after I got over the first question, I was like, okay, just like power through. Yeah. Do your thing. It's just so weird. Like not having someone to kind of like see their facial expressions and see, you know, kind of yeah. like, you know, work off of when you're talking. So yeah. it was just bizarre. And it was like, okay, you're hired. And then you show up and you're like, hey guys, I yeah. got hired. And they're like, okay. Like I'm you- so nervous about the prospect. Like I haven't, not that I haven't had to apply for a job, but like when I got a job at my last place, um, like Devin worked there and yeah. so she, you know, she didn't get me the job, but like I had a foot in the you door have, Yeah, yeah. and when I worked at Sleep Rover, like I'm really good friends with the owner and right. so now I'm just like, I don't know, going in blind and, and when you went to the bank, you had your dad, you've always, you've always just been handed your jobs, haven't you? <laughs> no, just kidding. <laughs> I've never had to work for a thing in my life. Um, yeah, I don't know. So I'm like nervy nerve, like, but I feel yeah. like I want to go buy a new wardrobe and like. <gasps> Fun. I know. I know. When I when I uh, left that company and then came back to the same company, I was like, "Can you guys just hire me? Because I worked for you for like eight years." Like, hello, hi, <laughs> I'm back. Oh my gosh. <laughs> so I don't know. I feel like we're on the cusp of like new job starting, school starting, ah! coronavirus still sweeping the nation. Sweeping the nation makes it sound like a good thing. <laughs> oh no. Mm. I don't know. Negative sweeping the nation. Oh my god. I feel crapping nervous. on the nation. I feel that? nervous about back to school. I'm very nervous about back to school too. I mean but I think Ontario and BC are pushing it back. Yeah, they are. And I really hope Alberta kind of like gets in the game mm-hmm. because like why not just start in October? Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like Well <laughs> This is the thing, it's like I I hate the situation all around. I hate yeah. that the teachers have to be there. I hate that we the parents have to make this decision. Yeah. It's just a kind of a lose-lose situation. But when people ask me about it and I say, well, you know, I, I'm working. Three of my kids are going to school. Like, and I kind of put my situation out there. And they're like, yeah, I don't know. What you no, it's do. impossible. Like, nobody knows how to, like, yeah. help me come up with the decision. Because it really is just... I don't think there's a right decision. Do you know what I mean? Right. Like, mm-hmm. if you take your kids out of school... How do you, how do you work and facilitate online learning? Mm-hmm. And don't. I guess for me, like, um, it might, it might be kind of easier for someone to be like, well, just don't work. Right. And it's like, work to me is, is yeah. for my mental health. Yeah. You have to work. It's very beneficial to yeah. my, my mental health. And so when everything was going on and it was like, you need to work and teach your kids at home. It was an impossible thing, and that made my mental health decline. But now that yeah, I can go back to work again, and things are, you know, a little bit yeah. There are better. more safety measures in place for you to be at work safely. Exactly. I just think you can't have thirty kids in a classroom uh-huh. 
physically distanced, not being gross. Yeah, I know. But I like. But you can't even have adults like. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. For sure. Where I work, we have customers come in all the time and it's like they're whistling or sneezing or, you know. Get your aerosol noises. Yeah. Producing behaviors out of here. It's people just don't even think, you know, I, I walked behind a guy the other day who's like spit in the parking lot. And I'm oh like, dude. Oh my God. So it's not just kids. Like, yeah. grown-ups are disgusting too. I'd grab him by the ear and shove his face in it. <laughs> and be like, I'd mom him. But you know, I think a lot of the times it's just second nature or you, you know, yeah. but then you've got people who are like, oh, it's not that big of a deal. So it's just you're, you're working in a public that you're kind of just at the mercy of whatever they think, you know? Yeah. And you're like, so you have to protect yourself yeah. as much as you can because you can't control what everyone else is doing. Yeah. And that's what is so scary, I think, about the teachers going back because the teachers are like, well, we're at the mercy of these kids who yeah, barely wash their hands, sneeze, and, you know, sneeze all over the place, lick things and, you know. Yeah, like the teachers have to trust that the parents are taking it seriously. Absolutely, yeah. And instilling that in the kids. You're like, what if they have a kid that comes in they're like, well, it's a hoax. Like, I'm just yeah. going to yeah. lick everything and cough on everybody. Yeah. <laughs> like... And I think, like, your kids are really good. Like, they get it. Yes. They wear masks. They wash yes. their hands. They, yeah. like, like, they get it. Mm-hmm. But also, if their best friend shows up and they're like, you know, it's just a hoax, right? You know what I mean? Yeah. I don't know. Like, no, I just I think about school and, like, Kids are so easily peer pressured. Well, and, and the parents' influence really deteriorates when they have, yeah, f- you know, friends that yeah. have different opinions. So I don't know. It's a lose lose. It really is. Um, on that note, on that happy wow. note, in more exciting news, I am being interviewed on a podcast this mm-hmm. Saturday. So there's a podcast. I'm pretty sure they're that's all, so exciting. They're from Alberta. Um, and it's called out podcast and they tell people's coming out stories Mm -hmm. and they had said like, Oh, if you have a coming out story and I was like, boy, do I, (laughs) I have a few, (laughs) I have two of them. So, uh, I'm going to get interviewed. I don't know when, like, I don't know when the episode will be up, but I'll like, I'll share it on our Instagram. Um, exciting. yeah, I'm nervous because now I'm on the other side Yeah, and now I'm like, whenever people say they're nervous, I'm like, Oh. God, come on. Yeah. Stop. It's not, don't be nervous. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, But I'm like nervy nerve. It's so funny because my, I was talking to my kids yesterday and they asked me if you and I have ever like fought or got, had arguments. I'm like, yeah, of course. Like, yeah. And I was like, well, one time um, I had a big crush on, you know, your dad in high school and not your dad. Oh, I was telling <laughs> my kids. Oh my God. my <laughs> god okay i was like no this <laughs> no what no okay you I were talking to your kids my kids that i had a crush on their, their dad, dad anthony anthony in high school oh god and then you decided that you had a crush on him as well yeah i mean he was a little flirty flirty and, and so, i was pissed yeah, sorry and adrian was like but what he's <laughs> like she was joking right i'm like no i'm like she she dated guys like yeah it was just, and then Kate's like, remember when she was married? And, <laughs> <laughs> and then they were, t- Adrian was like, well, I was at that wedding and it was oh, just so funny. Oh, he was like yeah. eight months old. No, it was like a year and a half. Oh. But anyways, it was just so funny because he was like, I don't understand. Why would she have a crush on dad? <laughs> it is funny. And I think it's like such an important, uh, 
I don't know, like perspective, like a lot of, you know, they talk about like some of the struggles you faced coming out. And I get a lot of people that assume I came out because I dated an awful man. Right. Yeah. But like I was gay long before that. Yeah. Um, I was born this way. way. <laughs> yeah. So I think, you know, I get a lot of people being like, well, I'd probably be gay too if I married that guy. And I'm like, okay, well, totally. Like, yeah. I had a girlfriend at 14. I was yeah. gay long before it was. But it's this weird, like, I lived in this heteronormative, like, society, you know, yeah. that, and I didn't have any influences that were gay. And, you yeah. know, and so I just was like, well, that was fun. I guess I'll marry a guy now. <laughs> and then that backfired. Yeah. Big time. Yeah. Um, but then. I remember when you told me and I was just like, okay, I, I just want you to be happy. Like, I yeah. knew how bad everything was with d-bag and i just wanted you to be happy with you know it was just like at this point i just want you to be safe yeah. and happy yeah and that's it and i think that's what it is i think even with you know like parents you know they worry i don't know if parents have a worry if their kids come out like i think ultimately is your kid happy and are they healthy and are they being treated well yes and are they also in turn treating somebody else well right like, i think that's what it comes down to yeah, I think so too. And I think it's it's like the mental health aspect too, right? Like, are you um, afraid to come out and is it negatively affecting your mental health because you're worried about the consequences or your parents? Um, or would you just be so much healthier if you were true to yourself and your parents understood that, right? Yeah. It's just like such, It's. I mean, I couldn't imagine like kind of having that conflict in your head. Yeah. But I'm thankful for like these generations that are coming up because it's less about coming out and it's more about just like being, being who, who you are, are and yeah. just having this trust. You know, I certainly didn't grow up in the hardest generation of kids coming out. Right. Um, but it's nice to see that it is getting better for mm -hmm. a lot. It gets better. It gets better. <laughs> anyway, this is kind of a nice unintended segue. There we go. Into oh, our yeah. guest today. Totally. Yeah. Um, we're interviewing Alina. And we found her on TikTok. What else is new, guys? We need new sources. Um, no, we don't. No, All it's the good true. Stuff is I, on it TikTok. is. Yeah. Um, but I really loved her story. She is. Um, she was married to a man, had a kid, you know, inching towards midlife, and then was like, "Oh shoot, I'm gay." Um, oh shoot. <laughs> so it's her coming out story and I think it's you know it's it is just like such an important story yeah um and she also has a podcast um so we'll talk about that a little bit because awesome. I've been listening to it and it's really good oh awesome um all right well it's time to call her so let's, let's do that do it well hello this is what I learned I always hit record too late so I'm like I was like Michelle we need to be better about like hitting record and then saying hello because our audio is always just like it just cuts in halfway through our like little like friendly banter right um so alina hello <laughs> yeah thank you so much for doing this um we saw you on tiktok which lately has been our source of finding interview subjects oh, which is so yeah. funny because we are far too old for tiktok but here we are i don't think um, anyone is really i mean i felt it that way too um and then i started making stuff and then people are responding so i'm like okay and you're never too old yeah no, yeah that's true we started in october we went to um texas i was at a conference and 
Michelle was like, well, we're here. We should get TikTok. I'm like, I do not know what that is. Mm -hmm. And I looked at it. I was like, I don't understand it. (laughs) But now they're just, it seems to be a bigger audience of like over 30 or at least over 25. Definitely. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I've seen some some, like people in their 70s or 80s, like dancing and doing stuff on there. So yeah, Yeah. I think it's, I think it's pretty ageless. I mean, I wouldn't let my kids go on it but you know 18 18 plus sure (laughs) yeah I do see some kids on there and I'm like oh like go you're too little (laughs) um so why don't we start with um can you introduce yourself a little bit like who are you where are you from what do you do sure um my name is Elena Pavianis and I live in Toronto um I moved around a bunch for school, but I ended up settling back here again, and I teach at a college here in Toronto. I teach liberal studies elective, so basically kind of the courses that students don't want to take but end up liking the most half the time. (laughs) That's awesome. Perfect. And how long have you been teaching for? I've been teaching for, I guess next year it'll be 10 years. Wow. wow. Crazy to say out loud. I've never actually said that, but I think it will be. I know. I always feel I just started redoing my resume um, because I was laid off because of Corona. And I started writing in like how many years of, you know, like event management I've done. And I was like, oh, God, like (laughs) it used to just be like three years of experience. Now I'm like, oh, I look aged on my, like, who am I? (laughs) How has it been actually as a teacher during the pandemic? Have you had to move everything online? We did. Yeah. Um, So the semester ended online, which was a little bizarre and just kind of difficult because um, I was still had my, I have my daughter, I have a daughter and she was home, you know, all day and so you're entertaining her and then putting her to bed. And then it's like eight 30 and I'm like, all right, got to record a lecture. And then I would would do one and then, and then just kind of be yawning a few times. And I'd be like, sorry, everybody. And then I'd be like, no, I'm going to do part two tomorrow when I'm fresh. So that was the hardest part. Um, It's, it's fine now because I'm technically on summer, but um, in the fall, we're going to be online again. And it's just, it's an okay substitute, but it's, I think if anything, this is just kind of proving that online is not the same. Yeah. Oh, for sure. Yeah. yeah. Is your daughter was, were you trying to teach your daughter online schooling as well while you were teaching? Yeah. I mean, she didn't have a, a lot to do. The goal was to basically do one of her activities a day. And okay. yeah, I didn't want to push it too much because she really did not enjoy it as much. It was like a different kid. Like in school, she's sociable, loves her teachers, is really into it. And then online was like, oh, I don't want to, it's just another picture. I don't want to draw another picture. Or she was yeah. shouting calls or, you know, so it was just, she, it wasn't the same. So I didn't want her to have like a negative experience of it. So I'm really glad yeah. they're going back. I felt that with my kids too. It was like, how far do I want to push this? Like, yeah. how much do I really, you know, how much stress do I want to put on them and myself, you know, totally. trying to get this stuff done? Is it worth it? You know? Yeah. So it was pretty tricky to kind of make that shift. Definitely. I still think my favorite moment. Um, so I was like cohorting with Michelle and we would, I would, we would tag team the school and uh, her oldest was like having a meltdown over having to write a haiku. Oh, and I was God. just like, and not tell me that you would break down in a classroom <laughs> over a haiku. Oh. And, <laughs> but yeah, it was like 
obviously he wouldn't have done that in in school but like at home it's just so different yeah well that's the other thing there's a different dynamic like when there's a teacher that they're responding to they act differently but when it's you there's like power dynamics and whatever else happened that morning and everything else kind of gets in the way of that interaction they can't just kind of deal with it in the same way they would if a teacher was telling them what they needed to do absolutely and and in my situation having five you know they they could kind of fly under the radar a little bit if I was distracted by the other kids or busy doing other things it was like okay like we'll just pretend that we're not you know we'll just be quiet enough that she doesn't notice that we're not (laughs) (laughs) not yeah (laughs) Um, what grade is your daughter in she's just going into grade one now so I didn't sweat it too much Oh yeah, so that's yeah. like your five. Like you had a kid in kindergarten. Yes, and yeah, she's we, going into grade. Yeah, five. we were like color all one. of your letters. Like yeah. it was just yeah. I discovered then that I'd be a better kindergarten teacher than a grade five math teacher. Totally. <laughs> <laughs> um, cool. So I'm really interested in your story. Um, we share I don't know parallel stories. I married a guy. Um and like live the heteronormative way probably would have ended up having kids if he wasn't a crazy psycho. Mm-hmm. Um, and then was like, Oh yeah, I'm gay. Uh, and, yeah. Um, like did this whole um, journey of coming out kind of for a second time, because at 14 I did come out for like a week and then promptly Aww. got pushed back into the closet. Right. So, um, but I remember distinct, I just have this memory. I think I, I commented on one of your TikToks where I like dated girls and then I was like, okay, well, that was fun. Now I got to find a guy and get married and have kids in the house and that like, like go on this straight trajectory. So yeah, why don't you tell us your story? So, I mean, I never had any real inklings. Like looking back, I can, I I now can interpret the way I felt about certain people or or what I experienced in a different way. But um, I grew up like in a pretty religious and pretty conservative household and went to Catholic grade school and Catholic high school and really had zero queer role models or friends or anything. And I played sports and everything, but still in my community and wherever I ended up, it's all seemed pretty straight. And um, yeah, same thing. I, I sort of fit the narrative that I felt was kind of given to me or, or expected of me. And um, married a great guy and, uh, you know, found someone who was funny, thought it'd be a great dad, all the, you know, checked all the boxes and everything. And, and we got married in, I guess, 2012, I think it was, and, um, had a child about two years later. And then that's when I, it's almost like that, that change, that new experience kind of took me out of what I had just been kind of sleeping through, you know? Right. Yeah. Uh, and I just started to realize that there was this kind of discomfort that I was feeling. There was some sort of wall that I had up in terms of like being intimate. And, and, um, and that's when I really started to be like, okay, what is going on here? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and so it, um, for a while, like for a long time, I was just questioning and being an academic, I was really, I, I used to be more of an too much of an overthinker that's something that I've also been working on so I was very much like diving into it in a very kind of intellectual academic way like reading about it and and stuff rather than just kind of feel like it took me a while to just kind of feel it out for myself and see how I actually felt and um and so first I was just questioning things and he was actually besides the therapist I saw my ex-husband was the first person I told that I was questioning 
my oh, sexual wow. wow. And like, what did, I don't know, I guess, what was the journey of like bringing that up? Like, was it over dinner? Were you like, Hey, listen, <laughs> it was, he knew something was off and I knew something was off and I admitted it. And I was like, I need to find out what is wrong mm-hmm. and I'm going to see a therapist. And that's where I first sort of kind of said it out loud. And then I was able to then tell him, I told him one night, I don't remember if he asked, he probably asked because I was probably too afraid to mention it. Um, and then I brought, I, I told him that I was questioning my sexuality and he's a very empathetic, uh, loving person. So his initial reaction was very, very warm. And, um, and we still, we have a great relationship. Like I, um, I couldn't, I couldn't have asked for a better dad for my daughter. Um, and what I mean, obviously it was hard. It was like, there was kind of a mourning period in a way because we still, you know, we love each other. There was love there. There was no, like, I feel very grateful too that there was no, like I didn't cheat on him. That's not the way I figured it out. It's just kind yeah. of what we came to. And so there was no kind of betrayal that got in the way of, of his ability to kind of empathize with me. And, um, and so, yeah, there were some really dark days, uh, where we were kind of mourning the relationship and the future that, you know, he expected and that I expected. And, um, but by the time, like I kind of waited until we were in a good solid place before I came out to anyone in my family. Right. Because I didn't want like my mom jumping in to try and fix it or to try yeah. and, you know, bend it her way or whatever, you know, families do sometimes or, or yeah. sometimes. So um, once we were in a good place, I, I started coming out to the rest of my family. And wow. was there ever a consent when you said you were sort of questioning, was that a definite end to your marriage or was there sort of a pause? There was kind of a pause, I guess, and uh, I felt like we kind of needed to be, I needed to be able to say that I, I was separated at least mm-hmm. to be able to kind of explore things and um, and to be fair to him too, because I was kind of putting things on pause essentially. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but, uh, but yeah, it really took... I don't know. Then just one day I finally, you know, you have to kind of accept, you have to come out to yourself first before you can really come out to anybody else. And I think that obviously was a big, a big thing for me. And it it really felt like a, like a paradigm shift, like suddenly with this explanation on my life that I was gay, it suddenly made all these other things made sense that I had just trying to like, tried to squeeze into this straight narrative. Yes. Yeah. You know, like suddenly it slapped me in the face. Like, oh, that makes everything make sense if I actually <laughs> decide yeah. behind it. And then do you just have this kind of freeing, like weight off your shoulders feeling when you kind of come to that realization? Yeah, I, I did. But also, you know, quickly followed by dread because you have all these people. Yeah. You need to tell. <laughs> and because yeah. they ha- they expect a life, a certain life for you, especially yeah. my family, you know, and I and I was doing it thus far. I married Mm -hmm. a man, I had a kid. What they saw for me was more kids, live my life that way. And that's, you know, that's going to, we're going to trot up into the sunset that way. And so then suddenly it's like, oh man, I I have to ruin their stories of me. Yeah. Right. right. And I think that's really, I think it is different when you come out after you've lived a certain portion of like this, like heteronormative life, um, because you are kind of 
there's a lot of mourning for a lot of people mourning like the life you were living that they believed was truth you know and yeah, yeah I find I get a lot of people questioning like oh like you just chose women because you married a bad guy and I'm like well no like those are two very separate things yeah um, I was gay a long time before that um I don't know it just feels like when I came out at 14 I mean granted it was very short-lived but it was just yep I'm gay I didn't quite you know what I mean like I didn't really question it it was just just this natural thing and then to come out again in my mid-20s felt just a lot harder like mm-hmm. almost like you have to like justify yeah your feelings yeah yeah, yeah. Well, and saying things like well you've always dated boys and stuff and you're yeah. like, yeah, that, really mean that. like that, that doesn't equal being straight necessarily mm-hmm. yeah mm-hmm. yeah it's so true um so so your husband was really supportive I just love that I just think yeah. that's yeah. such a nice yeah that's such a I nice feel really, I feel really lucky. yeah well honestly because if there's real love there then that person just wants you to be happy right and mm-hmm. That is what you hope for in a partner is that you can be true to them no matter what. And they still will love you. Totally. And I want him to be happy. Right. Absolutely. And that yeah. isn't a happy scenario for him, for him either. Yeah. And I, I mean, I, re- I remember being young and watching Oprah or something and she had a couple who the husband had come out to the wife and the reaction was so negative and like, how could you do this? We had a future together and, you know, just a lot of anger instead of like, okay, I still love you. I understand. Like, I just want you to be happy. I want me to be happy. Like, let's figure this out kind of thing. And um, I think that was probably the time, you know, that it was a a lot more of a negative, um, you ruined our life kind of situation. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. do you, do you remember seeing people, um, like what you said, you didn't have a lot of influences that were gay, but do you remember seeing that sort of like in the media around the time? Cause I think we're similar in age. Um, mm-hmm. there was, yeah. Like the Oprah's, the Donahue's, the Jerry Springer's, like the narrative was always this like shock factor and there was yeah. always a negative spin on it. And do you think that, I don't know, do you remember seeing those things and did it? Yeah, I know what I mean. If it sort of made me fearful of my experience. Yeah, were you yeah. like, oh, that'd be crazy without even thinking about yourself? Right. I mean, I don't specifically mention those shows, although I probably saw them. Uh, I just remember storylines around like Ellen DeGeneres and her story. Mm-hmm. Yeah. On TV and like Rosie O'Donnell. Like literally those are probably the only two people minus maybe... I don't know, maybe Martina never Tolova, but she was never like publicly out back then. Like yeah, I don't yeah. I don't remember anyone other than people who kind of always faced backlash or right. were were, you know, treated like kind of a t- publicly attacked. So mm-hmm. you know, obviously that maybe subconsciously. I don't remember having that as a conscious thought, but obviously I associated that with a negative experience for sure. Yeah, right? and I guess growing up in a pretty conservative religious household probably had a huge impact as well yeah because I had no like concept really of it there was no, there was nothing around me like that and anytime I did get information about it it was always in a negative interpretation or being sinful or shameful or anything but yeah I don't even remember I think it was more often just not talked about mm-hmm. 
completely ignored. So they're like, so if you don't even hear your experience or what you might be thinking reflected, then it's just, you can't come up with it yourself sometimes. Yeah. I was raised in a, in a Catholic household as well. And I, I do consider myself Catholic, although, I mean, I struggle with it for sure. Mm -hmm. Um, but it was the same, you know, you didn't talk about it. And if there was, you know, um, anything brought up, it was more of a joking negative way, you know, about, you know, if there was a gay character on television or something like that, it would be very, um, I don't know, just very much brushed past and like, well, that's not acceptable kind of thing. Right. So, um, I, yeah, I totally can understand that feeling of just like not hearing about it or when you are hearing about it, it's negative or brushed Mm -hmm. past. And then you're thinking like, okay, well, that's not, that's not the quote unquote normal way to live. So I'm just going to keep going the way I'm going. Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Can you talk a little bit about coming out to your family? Sure. Um, I mean, oh God, I still like just thinking about it. It puts knots back in my stomach. Um, it was sort of a, I told one of my sisters first in, in almost a way where I was like, okay, you're going to just so you know, you might need to like talk to mom and dad because I'm going to be telling <laughs> misinformation. Um, and that didn't, that sort of backfired. It didn't go as well as I thought it would in a way. Um, so then I ended up telling my parents and they were understanding more, more so than I thought. My dad's just this like quiet um, Greek man. So he didn't really say much, but, um, kind of teared up a little bit and gave me a hug, which was like huge in my family. Oh. Like, and I, I, told, I remember telling my elder, my eldest sister that, and she was like, Oh my God, he did that. Like, huge. and I was like, I know, trust me. I know the, the enormity of the hug and the tears. Um, oh. so, and he honestly, I like nothing has changed with him. Oh, nothing like he treats me the same he treats my daughter the same like never and never brought it up but never but that's not in a bad way like it's not like he's ignoring it he's just it it just hasn't skipped a beat for him which is great that's amazing and he's not really the religious one it's my mom who's more so the religious one so she struggled with it more um and she went through waves it was hard at the at first because she just come up with these bizarre scenarios where it was like, well, maybe can you just not have another kid maybe with <laughs> your daughter will have an, another sibling. And I was like, that makes no sense. You know? So she came up with these weird scenarios that just were not, did not make any sense. Um, yeah. I think she was mourning it too. And maybe a little hurt that I hadn't told her sooner. Like, so maybe like I didn't confide in her. Sooner. Mm-hmm, yeah. mm-hmm. So I think there was, it was pretty complex there but we're we're close we don't talk about anything in my life any any gay stuff but it's so it's kind of a compartmentalized a little bit but but we're still pretty close so so I'm, I'm pretty thankful and yeah. what about what about your in-laws were they as supportive as your husband um I don't really talk to them uh <laughs> and they they I mean that's a whole other story on that side um which I won't get into, but th- there was never, there's no love lost there, but it's, it's fine. They're doing their, they're doing their own thing and, and yeah. words exchanged, but, um, but that's a whole other scenario. Yeah, yeah. And so what about your daughter? Cause I'm, I'm always so interested in the way kids just, just everything just rolls off their back. Like they're like, yeah. Oh yeah, cool. 
So what yeah. was that like? Like, did you have, was, was there a, I don't know, like, how do you come out to your young Yeah, I did, I did come out to her, actually. I don't remember how I did it the first time, but then another time she said something that made me think, I was like, okay, I think I have to address this again, because she didn't maybe understand fully why, like, her dad was going somewhere else one time. Right. And so, so I was like, okay, I got to do this again. And so we were just having a snack or something. And I was like, okay, well, you know how um, if, if someone's gay, like two men are together and love each other or two women or whatever, and, and they're gay. And I was like, and I'm gay. You're like, you know that, right? And she was like, yep. And then, um, and then she paused and then she said, well, then why did you marry Papa? <laughs> laughing and I was like I didn't know yet like I felt like I was defending myself briefly to her I was like I didn't know now I know and but it was just like this funny little math that she was doing she's like wait a second if you want to be with a woman then why would you marry this man and I was like that's a great question she's like mom you didn't think this through (laughs) yeah exactly but she's great like I feel like every lesson I'm learning about myself right now I'm trying to give to her now because I wish I had had all those things you know yeah yes. that's so powerful like yeah. I you know my partner and I we try really hard to be uh like a visual positive representation of not only a healthy relationship like we both come from broken homes um yeah. but also a same-sex relationship and um you know, like we, that sounds weird. We make a point of kissing in front of kids, you know? <laughs> but we, you know, we want You it. don't hide it. Yeah. yeah we don't yeah. hide it. We're not weird about it. We're not, you know, when I grew up, I think back to, um, nobody's ever admitted it, but my godmother who is no longer with us, I'm sure she was gay. Right. Um, because she just always had really good friends <laughs> and, you know, mm-hmm. it just, it just was never talked about. And in my family, we just don't talk about things. Mm-hmm. And yeah, so I just like, I never want to be like that aunt that just had a really good friend that lived with her. Yeah. Or, because then you're passing shame on in a way. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. We really make a point of like, yeah, mm-hmm. trying to be visible and, and all of that. Well, and these are such like formative years for kids, right? Like they need to be able to see kind of, you know, people representing themselves in whatever way they are, you know, like my kids were, um, I mean, my kids have also been raised Catholic, so they don't, they didn't necessarily see that or I don't know, but now that, um, everything's different and Carling is in our life, like daily, you know, Mm -hmm. we have conversations with my kids all the time about, um, I don't know, just everything, you know, everything that we never, I never talked about as a kid, you know, that, there was so much shame around like so many different subjects. Yeah. Um, and I don't want my kids to ever feel that. And I think that's probably, you know, where a big portion of mental health issues and things like that come from in our generation is that we were just told not to talk about it, not to think about it, feel a certain way about it. And we, we all kind of struggled internally over it all. Yeah. Yeah. Like I want her to know that she only, she knows herself the best. And like, I, it's not up to other people to like tell her who to be. And uh, like one time she, there's a pride flag up at her school. And I, I noticed it once I was like, Oh, you got a pride flag. Like that's, you know, supporting like queer people like me. And then she's like, am I gay? And I was like, I don't know. You're the only one who's going to know that you might, <laughs> yeah. know, you might know it later. It depends who you like kissing. Like, and yeah. so it's just, yeah, I really want her to know that she doesn't have to feel you know, judged or, or like she has to live a certain 
be a certain person or live a certain life to be loved. Yeah. Yeah. I remember distinctly being at, a, at an airport once with my family and it was, I think we might've been, it was like a layover somewhere in the States and there were two men kissing, you know, one was saying goodbye to the other and we were just so scandalized by it. <laughs> and you know, it was the nineties and I'm like, now I'm like, whatever. Like if I saw oh, two yeah. guys kissing, I'd be like, Oh, that's so cute. Right. Oh yeah. Now, yeah. But as I don't know, just as a kid growing up in a, in a religious household and seeing that in front of our eyes, it's just like, Oh my gosh, like mm-hmm. I can't believe that, you know? So I don't know. It's just so important just to have the representation for, for your kids to kind of just normalize it all. Totally. And I love, I just love that they, yeah, like it just, they don't they, care. Yeah. Right? It's matter of fact. And I think, um, before Michelle's husband passed away, they lived a couple hours away. And so I didn't see them that often for, I don't know, a year or two maybe. Mm-hmm. Um, but now that I'm, I'm so active in their life, you know, like they'll look over at my Instagram and there's like a drag queen on it. And I remember Kate was like, why is that guy dressed as a girl? I'm like, well, it's a drag queen. And they're like, what's that? I'm like, well, it's like a form of art. And it, you yeah. know, like, and they were just like, oh, that's cool. Like, it just like had <laughs> no, yeah, no uh, I just love it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I had to, I was thinking back to when you said, you know, you look back at maybe some like feelings or um, things that you were drawn to as a kid that makes sense. I remember, you know, watching A League of Their Own and the little sister kit I was like obsessed with. <laughs> and I was like, I, I look back now and I see it so clearly that I like had such a crush and infatuation. Um, can you think back to like, like characters or, you know, like influences that you, you're now seeing through a different lens for what it I mean, was? There were definitely, there were just, just times that I remember probably crushes that I had that in that before I was just like, Oh, I just think they're really cool. Or I'm just kind of a little obsessed with them, but it's yeah. like, but I didn't interpret it in, in like a, you know, in any other way. I was just like, or I remember having a crush on someone once, maybe it was a new friend and I remember being like, do I have a crush on her? And then, and then we were just really good friends. And I remember like distinctly being like, oh, we're just friends. And then just like shutting that part of my brain down. Like that was the last I ever thought of it because it was like, okay, this is what this is. And I just like had it defined in this compartmentalized way again. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah. Um, Did you, so you were teaching for, you've been teaching for 10 years was was there any um kind of coming out to your um peers at work or anything like that like or was it kind of just like yeah how did that yeah I told a few close colleagues and um and then was basically like you can spread the word for me if you don't mind like I don't want to um there there is something nice about being like I'm gonna tell you and what I need you to do is like go spread the word yeah totally because it is exhausting to come out to so many people and um and just because I and I wanted to know that people knew certain people knew because then when you run into them and they're like oh how is everything and then I'm like okay do you mean everything everything or like the old everything that you know where you think I'm straight like which everything are we talking about you know so I kind of wanted people to spread the word for me if they could which was which was lovely of them to do I, I definitely felt like that. I mean, in a different way, when my husband passed away, kind of having those conversations with everybody and breaking the news to everyone was so exhausting. Oh, yeah. And I'm just like, okay, can, can you guys just, cause you know, I would, I was worried that I would run into people and be like, how's life? Like, how's, how's mm-hmm. Anthony doing? And it's just being like, ugh. 
So yeah, it, it, there's definitely benefits in kind of talking to the people that you know are not going to keep your secret. <laughs> for sure. For well, sure. Like even at the Wendy's drive-thru, you yeah. had to, you know, the girl working the drive-thru used to work with your husband yeah. and you had to like in the drive-thru be like, I've got some news. Yeah. Like, oh, yeah. Wow. And it's just kind of out of the blue where you're like going about your day and then you're like, oh crap, now I have to ruin your day and mine. Like yeah. it's just yeah. not fun. <laughs> yeah. I find, um, do you, I don't know, do you, when, in your journey coming out, did you feel like you had to label yourself? Um, I think it's less so like this now from what I'm learning on TikTok, but everybody's very like, are you a stud? Are you a femme? Are you butch? Are you, you know, yeah, there's a hundred different labels. Did you feel like you wanted to put yourself in a category or? No, I didn't, I didn't feel the need, but I feel like it's definitely something you have to figure out for yourself because looking back again, I know there's times like I dressed a little more masculine. I remember wearing my dad's, like one of my dad's overcoats forever until my mom like threw it out or something. Like I just <laughs> blazers and the coats and stuff. And, and so, and I was always a bit of a tomboy anyways, like I've always played sports and kind of dressed that way. So if anything, it's just given me, it's like giving myself permission to be confident in that way. And yeah. And, and being comfortable in wherever I fit on the spectrum, um, which is sometimes a little more femmy, but mostly kind of tomboy femmy. And, you know, it can go anywhere um, kind of in there. But um, I do remember, and I remember always feeling like not quite feminine. Like I remember having a crush on this one guy years ago and he was so handsome. He was like the closest to Ryan Gosling, like in real life. That, that, like, I remember <laughs> so handsome and then I remember having the thought I was like you know what I'm not feminine enough for him like I remember uh, being like he needs a girl who's like in those stilettos and those tight dresses and I was like that's not me like I so I've always felt that in some way and now it just kind of makes more sense and now I just can feel unselfconscious about it and uh, and just realize that it's me and and just be confident in that in that you know the way I dress and, and how, how I'm comfortable. I find that so interesting, like on TikTok and things like that, when you see somebody kind of showing their pictures before or their videos before, and then they've come out and they are now truly who they are and the difference. And it, it's not that it was negative in the past, you know, they, they can still be yeah. happy, but it's almost like you said, like that, that confidence boost that totally. you're like, this is who I am. This is who I've always been. And you know, I don't know. I, the confidence that you can see on people's faces just so clearly, it's so powerful. It is. It really is. I'm, I like those videos too, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. I have a really hard time seeing pictures of myself during like when I was dating men and getting married and like, oh, I um, oh it's actually, ironically, we're coming up to my 10 year wedding anniversary. Oh, oh wow. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but so all my Facebook memories are like my staguette and my yeah. shower. And I see this person and I was like, I remember trying to fit basically like a square in a round hole. Wow. And I, you know, I was like, I need to have really long hair. I want it curly. I want to get my nails done. I want to, you know what I eat like the clothes I was wearing. I remember feeling so uncomfortable, but just wanting to, I don't know, fit, fit in, in or yeah. fit this oh, image that I was trying to have. And, you know, I look at pictures and I'm like, ugh. like even now when I met my partner, I was quite feminine. I like, you would not see me without eyeshadow, eyeliner, 
you know, full mm-hmm. makeup, straightening, straightening my hair. And like, now I like showed up at Michelle's house. I'm like, hang on, I'm going to put on some mascara. <laughs> like that was it. I, yeah, yeah. you know, and so even, you know, how many years into being out, I'm still finding a comfort in discovering who I am. I don't know, mm-hmm. like style yeah. or aesthetic. Well, it's true. And I feel like, and, and the beauty, part of the beauty of it is that it doesn't have to be one thing. I think that's mm-hmm. what you learn. Like everything is on a spectrum. So one day you might be feeling a little more of this and one day you might be feeling a little more of that. And it like, it can ebb and flow. And that's your, that's kind of your range. That's who you are. You don't have to be like in one spot the whole time. Yeah. You know? mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so what has, I don't know, what has coming out been like for you in terms of like dating? Have you, yeah, I think that's like, I can't imagine. Yeah, it, it's oh, been yeah. really interesting <laughs> because um, on the one hand, I'm this like responsible 40 year old mother. And then on the other hand, I'm this like baby gay who's hanging out <laughs> with people that are 10 years younger than me. And I'm at the bar until, well, not anymore right now, but you know, I'm until two in the morning and uh, all my peers with kids are all have all been sleeping for multiple hours so (laughs) it's um it's interesting it's it's really fun I feel like I kind of have the best of both worlds in a way right now because I'm dating I'm meeting you know more queer friends and I feel like you know I'm closer to my daughter partly because of COVID and partly just because of my own you know uh, my own kind of awakening stuff that I've been doing and how that's that's really shaped my parenting as well Mm -hmm. um so it's it's interesting I mean I feel like I've gone through a whole other a second adolescence really because suddenly you know I'm acting I'm doing stupid things and my friends are like you're so smart why are you being getting involved in this and I'm like (laughs) I don't know you know like so um there has been a there has been a bit of a learning curve that's for sure well, it's probably one of those things that, you know, you subconsciously suppressed when you were um, younger, right? And yeah. now you're experiencing it as a, you know, midlife person and just wanting to kind of experience all of it, right? And kind of make mistakes and figure out where, I don't know. Totally. Um, figure it all out, right? Like, yeah. I do remember dating guys and the the feeling of excitement and sort of anticipation and you know I don't know like the giddiness I remember it feeling so contrived Mm. and the I knew that the expectation was that I should be like over the moon excited and even some of my god my Facebook statuses of like (laughs) like watching my husband build a deck like I remember (laughs) right (laughs) like because it, and like, I look back and I'm like, Carling, that's so sad. You were trying so hard. Like, how did nobody call you out? Yeah. Uh, and now <laughs> and you're all performing. We're all performing it, right? Whether or not we realize it, we're all performing. It. Yeah. yeah. And, yeah. and the feeling of being giddy and smitten and, you know, for a girl is such a different feeling because it's authentic and it, it's, yeah. you know, yeah, it's, it was such an, a neat contrast to have that difference to compare. Totally. How many siblings do you have? I have two older sisters. Okay. And you were saying that the, like, are you close with them after everything? I mean, yeah, it's back to normal. I I can't say they're both quite a bit older than, than me too. So there's, I'm basically like almost my own child because they're six years and 10 years older. So okay. I'm, like a, I'm like a new generation. Yeah. Um, 
really so there was never like a lot of tight tight knittedness in the same way you have if you have like a sibling who's two years you know within your age range Uh um but we're but it's back to normal like there's no there's nothing in the way of it um it was maybe a little awkward uh for a while there but now everything's kind of back to normal oh that's good did you find that you struggled at all with um you know friends or or family members that had children that they were um maybe i don't know trying to to not tell their kids Mm. what's going on or lost friendships over it. Yeah, that did initially happen. I mean, nothing, I don't think I lost any friendships over it, but there was definitely like a kind of a time where like, Oh, well, we'll tell them about you, but not about, or like your marriage, but not about you. And I was like, that's not, that's kind of weird. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. There was a bit of that, but, uh, but I, we, we worked through it and it was, that's good. Yeah. I remember my dad was married to somebody who had a younger son um, and they just never told him like, and it was, they purposely didn't tell him. And I was like, he's 10. He's not dumb. Like it was this weird, like it wasn't up to me to tell them, but I don't know. It was like, uh, yeah, I find it weird when people select sort of like, oh, you know, we just don't want to tell them yet. I'm like, why? What? Yeah. And it's then you weird. feel like you have to kind of go back in the closet around certain people, right? Like that you can't be who you really are because you don't want to upset people, I guess. But that's such a, I don't know. My grandpa, bless his heart. Um, he's passed away now, but like my partner came to my mom's second wedding or second marriage and my grandpa was there and my grandpa, I distinctly remember um, what they had in Winnipeg, they had lesbian neighbors down the street and they're walking a dog one day. And I was like, Oh, those, like, they were so nice. Their dog's really nice. And he looked at me and he's like, yeah, they're all right. But they're a little funny. If you know what I mean. (laughs) And I was like, grandpa, what do you mean? (laughs) And so my partner, Lindy was just always my good friend who just happened to come to all the important family functions. (laughs) And my grandpa just never questioned it. That's too funny. Yeah. Yeah, I had, um, I can't, well, I had, I was playing with my daughter once in a park nearby and there was a, a girl who was maybe, I don't know, eight or nine. And she just came to sit with us. I think she was playing the park too. And then she was like, oh, does your, she said my daughter's name. She's like, does, does she have a, uh, does she have a dad? And I was like, yeah, she has a dad. And then she, and then this girl said to me, she's like, oh, it's a good thing you're not, you know. And I was like, oh, you know what? And she's like, yeah. I don't even remember she said gay and I was like oh actually I totally am gay and then we had this whole kind of conversation about that and and I just felt like a problem this that's probably a, a playtime in the park she's going to remember because I, <laughs> I don't it. Uh, kids are so blunt like it's just you yeah. never know what's going to come out of their mouths what kind of questions they're going to ask and you just have to be like oh okay um this is this <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, like this is. I don't have to get this now. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> now I've got to teach this kid that it's okay to be gay. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Didn't expect this today. Yeah. yeah. Oh, too yeah. funny. Um. So one of the things that I really love about your TikTok videos is you talk a lot about like mental health and sort of this like midlife awakening and the whole journey. So I guess what brought you to TikTok and. I don't know what keeps you posting. Like I just, I, yeah. I love them. Your videos are so funny. Oh, thanks. I'm really, um, I'm really having a lot, a lot of fun with them. 
Um, so, I mean, I just, I just got TikTok when COVID started basically, and I just kind of stalked it for months and laughed at, you know, funny videos and watched people's animals do funny things. And, um, <laughs> and then I just kind of started, um, collecting audios that I thought were funny. And then, and so, well, let me, let me back up a little bit. So um, this spiritual awakening that I'm referring to really only started kind of late last year. And I, I had thought that coming out was the biggest layer I'd ever peel off. And then this layer got all loosened up. And, uh, and really what I realized is that I had been a people pleaser. Mm-hmm. And it kind of sl- it slapped me in the face one day. I was I was sitting down to write something about I think it was about empathy, and then I just had this like weird rabbit hole questioning where I was like, well, wait a second, is it possible to have too much empathy? Like, why am I so affected by this and affected by that? Mm-hmm. And then it just slapped me in the face that I had been a people pleaser, and and I think that was also what partly kept me in the closet or kept me from realizing that I was gay because. I had been so afraid of upsetting other people and causing other people discomfort. And I just wanted to bend myself into whatever shape I was supposed to be in, you know, and rather than like listen to myself and realize my own needs and stand by them and live for them, you know? And so I'd been living by all these kind of external standards, which is very easy to do when you grow up in a religious, with a religious background too, because everything's external. God's Mm -hmm. this, overseeing thing with all these rules you have to follow and and um and so that really was huge and I yeah so that's where the meditating came in I have this amazing uh Reiki lady um that I go to who's been like phenomenal and just really helped me uncover all these this kind of wound that that I had that some you know that I developed as a kid that shaped me into this this people pleaser as an adult and and that was shaping my relationship to the world and and to myself. And so, so I don't know, I made, I think I made one video that was, which wasn't the, I think it was that don't got it one. Oh yeah. Yeah. And then that just like blew up. And so then I started making a few more and then I was just hooked. Like I just love trying to trying to translate or trying to make one of these audios apply to some, some element of my experience or something that I've realized about myself or like a lesson I've learned or how I used to be versus how I am now. Mm -hmm. Um, And so it's, it's great. I have so many people reaching out, so many people saying like, same, same here, did the, been there, done that. Or like, I'll post something about um, a people pleasing thing or over-functioning and people will be like, I want to know more. Like, what is this? I might have it. Please tell me more. You know? <laughs> yeah. And so, so it's been great. Like I have so many people responding to it and just being like, just, you know, really relating and that, that feels good. Yeah. I've said that I've said this before about TikTok, but it something about TikTok makes you just want to sp- kind of spill your guts about like everything right mm-hmm. because people can relate to it and and you do get the feedback where it's like oh my gosh I felt I felt the same way or like you said you know what 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 do you mean by that maybe I have that let's explore that more and it's so interesting that there's this platform that out of kind of you know funny videos or or audios and things like that people are really kind of figuring out who they are and that they're yeah. not alone yeah, it's a great place to be vulnerable. And I've yeah. I've always been a person who felt that 
or like seen the benefit of vulnerability and how it can connect you with other people. Like I, I typically come out to, um, to my class at some point during the semester too, but I, but I really pick it. It's like a few weeks in, I mentioned my daughter a few times. A lot of them probably have a really like heteronormative view of me. Yeah. Lesson where we talk about privilege and I inevitably somehow work it in and people like their eyes are bugging out. They're listening. (laughs) Some of them are taking their heads like, yeah, I knew it. You know, (laughs) other person's like, yeah, thought so. And, um, but it's a really a time when like, I can see that people feel that I'm being real with them and they respond to that. And I feel like, this is another venue where you can put yourself out there and be vulnerable. And then people, if they connect to it, then it, it's meaningful to them. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I love it. It's funny. Cause I was saying this to Carling that our, our podcast, TikTok is very, it's very gay TikTok, <laughs> and yeah. I was like, you know, love, love it. Yeah. All for it. But I'm like, I'm also straight. So could you, yeah. Some straight people, please. <laughs> I know, like late at night, I'll be on TikTok, and I just like I we're I'm on not my personal one, but our joint one, and I'm like lesbian, lesbian, lesbian. lesbian. <laughs> and she's and like, I'm like, that's fine. I've got straight TikTok on mine, so I'll just keep mine, and then we'll we'll do the. I've yeah. been purposely liking like hetero content or like animal content to try and like skew the <laughs> like the things that are showing up. Back, yeah, yeah. Honestly, though, I'm fine. Some a lot of the people that she's following are pretty attractive, so I'm like, I'll I'm fine with that. One thing I was gonna say when you talked about coming out to your class, we talked about sort of like um like labels and how you dress and all of that. Do you feel like I consider myself really straight passing, and so I think if you just saw me down the street, most people I think just assume I'm straight, and so I always I feel like I'm constantly coming out, or I try to work in these things like my wife, even though not, we're not married, it's just a more direct right. way of, yeah. of coming out because I think people look at me and their first assumption is that I'm straight. Um, so with my class, I found like this, this was kind of another letting go or shedding I had to do where I probably used to dress more the part of what I felt like, like an authoritative professor should be. And as a female, you might try and overcompensate too, because sometimes you're taken less seriously or challenged, mm-hmm. maybe your male peers would not be. Um, but no, now I'm just like totally myself. Like I'll wear my regular clothes, my high tops, my converse, my whatever, um, things that would probably, or I don't wear, I don't wear hats though. I wear hats more for just casually. Um, but, uh, I feel like, I feel like I dress in a way that if you're in the queer community, you would probably know I was gay. Right. Um, yeah. But not probably not always. I sometimes I I do have to I do have to try because I I could I could pass straight as well. I used to have really long hair, and I went to my hairdresser, and I was like, I just need a lesbian haircut. Like I, <laughs> I need something. We need like a button system so that people can. There's like that TikTok of like I like your style, and then they're like, oh, Yeah, 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 yeah. I'm like, that's me all the time. And yeah. like you know, if I try to flirt with somebody, it just looks like I'm being like really friendly. That's what I try to incorporate in my videos, like the one I posted just yesterday about like 
calculating the number of times I should have known I was gay. Yeah. Yeah. Because I just kept trying to look gayer and gayer. Like and each each time the person was like more, more. I just like slapped on like whatever denim, whatever leather, like whatever I could. (laughs) And I just increasingly got like more slouched, like put my legs higher in the air and just played up all the stereotypes. Um, Yeah, yeah. Carling definitely um definitely uh, added uh to her wardrobe with plaid a lot of plaid button up yeah plaid button up like yeah rolling cuffs yeah oh yeah rolling cuffs Um, yeah 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 um yeah there is something when you don't just I don't know when you don't look gay I don't know what that even means but like (laughs) I want to be out and I want everybody to assume I'm gay (laughs) so sometimes I like went to a bar like when bars were still open and my partner's like, you've never looked gayer. And I was like, that's so nice. Thank you. <laughs> I'm arriving. I'm finding my style. <laughs> yeah. But I mean, that's the thing. Even people in the queer community can still sometimes have assumptions about what gay looks like. And if someone's yeah. too thin, they can say, well, you don't look gay. Or like, are you? Maybe are you sure you are? And kind yeah. of question them. So I think, you know, if even within the community, there's those um kind of expectations then you know if you're outside of the community then you really won't then you really won't be able to identify people yeah 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 Yeah. that makes sense um so I wanted to talk a little bit about your podcast which I've been binging oh amazing um can you tell us a little bit about it like what's it called what's it about Sure. Um, it's called the uncover up and it's about conspiracy theories. Um, but it's not like, there's a lot of conspiracy theory podcasts out there that are more just like, dude, for sure. The earth is flat. Like it's (laughs) on each other, you know, but, um, but ours is like, we're all academic, we're all academics. So Nathan is my colleague who started the podcast. And in fact, we have, we all teach a course, at um at my college where uh, on conspiracy theories and critical thinking so it's very much oh. like logic and critical thinking and applying those things to conspiracies yeah in order to you know f- decipher them and, and make sense of it all and so he started the course my colleague lee started to teach it as well they started a podcast i started to teach it they brought me on for maybe one or two and then we're like you should stay. We should all te- we should all do the podcast together. And so it's been three years now, and it's really fun. Like we we have we have a really like we're friends. You can tell that from listening. We're yeah. we're close outside of um, the podcast and outside of our work, and so we just have fun with each other. And we really kind of we try and contextualize the conspiracy theories. So we'll talk about you know the time period they're in and really kind of give context for for why things like that could have happened. Um, we talk a lot about the cold war cause like the, the craziest, wildest conspiracies and things happened during the cold war. And we're not, I, I now know why it's called a cold war. I learned yeah, that. Really? The podcast. Yeah. There you go. But um, we're not always just debunking things. Like there are actual conspiracies that are true and that happened. And so we talk about both those, both, um, both of them really. Um, have you guys yeah, have- oh, sorry. Go ahead. No, I was just saying, you know, um, we talk about uh, also just like the kind of questions you want to ask yourself when you're considering whether or not something could be true. Right. Have you guys covered the Denver airport? No, I I went there and I was looking for all of the things and it was all under construction when I was there. So I was very disappointed. um, I knew you were going. They were like, we have somebody who could debunk (laughs) us. We need to... Put up construction signs. 
Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so that I won't investigate while I'm there. Yeah. yeah. I just finished listening to the lavender one that you did. Right. Um, yeah. Lavender. Yeah. And it was just so interesting. I really, yeah, I like it. Did you, so you've been doing, they've been, do, the podcast has been around for three years. Have you been out the entire time that you've recorded or was there a period of coming out? That's a great, yeah, no, there must've been a period of coming out. Um, I'm trying to think if I was out when, I guess it was probably a similar time to when that was happening. I mean, I've never openly come out on the podcast, except for in the one I talked about the lavender, lavender scare is very much like talking about it in an inclusive way. Like I yeah. was included in that, in that group. Yeah. Um, but yeah, otherwise I think, I think it was kind of around the same time that, that it would have been coming out. Yeah. Cool. I'm going to have to listen. I've been listening to podcasts for years. So I, and I love a good conspiracy. Okay. Nice. Yeah. They were good. <laughs> I'm always so happy to find a podcast that like, on a topic that I hadn't really thought about, like conspiracy theories. Like I'm super into it now. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. We talk about also the psychology behind it and, and, and basically how our brains, like as a survival mechanism, we put patterns together where there aren't any. Yeah. Because think about it. Let's say you're like wandering the Savannah, you know, thousands of years back and you hear a rustle um, in the bushes if you put two and two together and say, that's probably something that'll kill me, I'm going to get out of here, you're going to survive. But if you hear the wrestle and you're like, it's probably nothing, <laughs> and you get eaten, right? So yeah. um, it was actually in our best interest to create, to put things together. And now in our modern day, we don't need it for survival in that way. But that's when you get people saying, oh, Beyonce did the symbolism in her video. That means she's a member of the Illuminati. And, <laughs> or, you know, like there's this number in there and that number is associated with this. And, you know, or, or around COVID conspiracies saying, oh, well, if Bill Gates is involved in vaccines here and then, and then uh, he is also a member of this, then that means like, so they're putting all these things together that don't necessarily belong together. It's so funny because every once in a while I'll stumble across like conspiracy TikTok and it's like about Britney Spears that she's yes. being held captive and all of her videos are certain symbolism and there's certain Listen, messages. Listen, I'm totally that, into that. Like I'm ready to well, go rescue kind her. Of, yeah. I mean, well, yeah. I mean it's, fun, it's really fun to read up on and to see like the lengths that people are going to for sure. I know. And it's like the amount of research and time that they put into it. It's like, this is really a commitment. Like it's very interesting that they can kind of like piece together all this yeah. information and come up with, you know, a really crazy conspiracy. It's really interesting. Mm -hmm. Cool. Well, um, also I called you Alina, but it's Elena. It's Elena. Elena. Yeah. I yeah. like that. Um, yeah. In our intro, I was like, we're interviewing Alina. And then you said Elena. <laughs> I was like, Oh God, I really should get pronunciations before. Okay. We record. Well, I there was one intro that we did, uh, for our Patreon and she completely called the person the wrong name, like the entire time. Oh yeah. I was oh, talking about Meredith, Meredith, this Meredith, that. And then no, her name is it's Melinda. Oh, yeah. And then I would listen back and I was like, Oh my God, Michelle, it's Melinda. <laughs> like oh, no. what an idiot. Check the names. God. Oh, so funny. We're still learning. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the uh, honestly podcast having your own is is all a learning curve. But I love your concept. I have to say, oh, um, thank you. Yeah, it's, it's unique and um, and it's great because so many people end up with 
you know, curveballs being thrown at them and, and then have to navigate that. It's been fun. It's yeah. It's been fun to find yeah. people and talk to people and learn so many different stories. And really TikTok has been like, yeah, <laughs> it's like a never ending sea of people who have interesting stories to tell. Yeah. Well, I'm glad you found me. Thank you for reaching yeah. out. Awesome. Well, Thank enjoy you. the rest yeah. of your day. Hopefully it's a nice day you get to be outside and yes. yeah. Thank you so much. It's so great to talk to you. Okay, you too. Bye. Bye. Carling. Michelle. <laughs> oh my gosh. Elena was so nice. She was so great. That was so amazing. I love talking to her. How many episodes do you think it'll be before I learn to get the pronunciation and proper name of someone before we interview them? Um, I would say the limit does not exist. <laughs> <laughs> Gaika said Meredith instead of Melinda. Melinda? No. <laughs> Meredith instead of Melinda. Kirsten I mean, you've been pronouncing my Kirsten. name wrong this whole time, too. It's actually Mashelle. Mashelle instead of Michelle or Michelle. Oh, Lord. Anyway, she it's was okay. so You're nice. Um, I had to laugh when you just said, as soon as she said she was a professor, you were like, oh, crap. God. She's too smart for us. But here we are, just a couple of, I don't know, numpties. Yeah. And we've, in, I don't know what a numpty is, but. That was a really interesting word you just um, like we've interviewed a dis- infectious disease expert, a, a doctor, doctor, yeah, a professor. Yikes! Oh boy. <laughs> um, wow, I like love how relatable her story was for me. Totally, and yeah. it really got me like thinking through things for my interview on Saturday with the Out podcast. Oh yeah. Um, yeah, I don't know. It's so interesting. Um, and I love that her husband was so on board. Oh. Like. I know. I know. Truly. That's like... I mean, that must be such a scary thing because it could really go either way. Yeah. Like, you you know. And like I said, I've just... I've, I remember seeing things on TV about that where the husband comes out to the wife or the wife comes out to the husband. And it's, it's like... I mean, it was probably yeah. a Jerry Springer or Jerry, something, right? Jerry. So it's like this big, like, shocking, yeah. angry, you know? But it's like, if you truly love somebody, of course you're going to mourn the life that you had, the mm-hmm. life that you thought you had. I mean, it makes so much sense that you're going to go through a period of just like, holy crap, like this sucks, right? But um, it just, you know, if you truly love somebody, you just want them to be happy. And it's just interesting for me being straight. Yeah. Not ever kind of, I mean, I can, I find other women attractive. I can see that they're beautiful or, you know, but not having that perspective of like being attracted to the same sex. Mm -hmm. It is interesting to me to be like, how, you know... How how is that possible to kind of, you know, be with one sex and then and then decide that you're you're gay? But I mean, obviously it happens and obviously it's real and and there's so much behind it. You know, there's either shame or not even realizing it yourself or you know fear and things like that. And it's just I don't know. You gotta you gotta be good to your to your people in your life because you never know kind of what they're um going through I don't know that's what yeah to say. I don't no know. but just yeah just <laughs> everybody be kind and love each other and yeah, yeah that's what I think oh excuse me oh hang on we're gonna pause because I'm getting a phone call please hold I am off the phone and Michelle is now doing tummy time on the bed that's what I call it because <laughs> she loves because well, you love to lay on your tummy it's it's Quells my anxiety. Oh, it just hurts my back. Because what I say is like, it's, it's like a weighted blanket, but the opposite. Like, I'm the weight <laughs> on the blanket. <laughs> <laughs> um, 
that was, now I'm sleepy. I just had a phone call with my career coach, Karen. Ooh. Um, and she's so nice. I was just joking that like, I hate that I love her so much. Like I was like, I didn't want to do career coaching. It. I was salty. I was like, how dare my employer provide me with a career coach <laughs> after they laid me off. Ugh. And then she called me and I was like, girl, like, when are we doing drinks? Isn't it funny that, you know, like quite a few Karens and they're all super nice. Yeah, chiropractor Karen, love you to pieces Shout if you're out. listening. And oh, she told me. I don't know if you guys listened to our past episodes where we talked about the deer in the small town um, that has like a gimped leg and I cried about it. And then <laughs> Karen, my chiropractor, her friend knows it and named it Clover. Anyway, she sent me a picture and Aww. Clover like has babies. Guys, thank you so much for listening. Thank you. That was a really good episode. I know. I don't know. I <laughs> if we do say so ourselves. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like, I don't know. I just can't say thank you enough that people are listening. People are giving us feedback. Like whether it's in a direct message or, you know, if you're going on to wherever you listen to your podcast and leaving a review, like it warms it does the totally... of my heart. Oh, it totally does like blow my mind every time someone's like, I'm binging you. And I'm like, what? Like, what? <laughs> what? Are you sure it's us? Um... So thank you. If you don't already, follow us on social media because we always post like teasers and mm-hmm. um, funny things and our TikToks. And our DMs are always open if you want to slide in them. You want to slide on into that DM. Tell, tell us, us your, your story. Stories, yeah. So you can find us on Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, and Patreon at I Did Not Sign Up For This. Mm-hmm. And um, if you can't get enough of us, if you just... You know, you're mourning the end of this episode. <laughs> Maybe head on over to Patreon and sign up. You get two bonus episodes a month. And if you join our $5 peer, you get peer tier. Our fi- <laughs> if you join our $5 <laughs> tier, you get two bonus episodes a month. Um, and if you join our $8 tier, you get the two episodes of video and some swag that we mail out to you. Mm-hmm. So, And honestly, this episode, the Patreon episode that we recorded for... Uh, the one that's coming out is hilarious. Oh my god, we just had so many. It's so funny. So funny. <laughs> I mean, um, we think we're hilarious. We, yeah, we talk. <laughs> we talk about like that's where like our crazier stories yes. are. That's where you know we're a little more loose if we swear. Yes. Um. Yeah. So anyway, check it out if you want to. We appreciate it. It helps us in so many ways. It helps us. <laughs> Um, okay, we just want to shout out a couple of our recent Patreons, patrons. So we've got Samantha S. Jessica S. Brooke P. Elizabeth. Liza B. Dale. And Caroline H. Yay, thank Thanks you. so much, guys. We really appreciate it. Okay, have a good day, guys. Bye. Bye. <laughs>